How is everybody doing? What is up? Shit. Uh, this is coming a little bit late. I know. I realize it. Uh, to be honest, I I got a little sauced for uh, Memorial Day, so it's coming at you late, but fuck it. I am here. Um, hope you all enjoy the last one. Um, damn, I'm really starting to... I mean, I'm probably going to eat my fucking words on this one, but I feel like I'm starting to figure out how to... Um, <laughs> see like <laughs> I feel like I'm trying to figure out and getting to a point where I'm like okay I can figure out how to like write these stories a little bit quicker um and more I don't know so they end well or something fuck never mind you know what never mind never fucking mind whatever I was a good boy yesterday no sauce no sauce at all which I know that's not a very impressive one day without booze, but whatever. Um, <clears throat> I am excited. Um, dude, thank you all for listening. Uh, much appreciated for real. Um, dude, I don't know. Thank you. This is sick. I'm having a lot of fun doing this. Um, I'm going to keep this going. I don't know why I keep on saying that, but Hey, I'm proud of myself. Episode four. This is episode four of Your Last Dumb Breath with your host, Bardangus. Um, today's episode, Frank Hayes, a man and his fucking horse. No, 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 not who you think I'm not. Come on. I'm not going that dirty this quick into it. You know, not Misty Hands. Frank Hayes, baby. Frank Hayes, um, so, Frank Hayes, born in 1888, that is a long time ago, (laughs) um, so, God, I fucked this up already, see, I just, it goes straight from that and then straight into something that doesn't really make sense, um, (laughs) Uh, so let's see if I can, (laughs) if I can reformulate this fuck, um, on the fly, baby. Frank Hayes was born in 1888 and he was a horse jockey, you know, a horsey rider dressed like an idiot. Uh, (laughs) so God damn it. Okay. Um, so Frank Hayes, he was a 35 or he... He got his first chance to be a jockey at 35 years old, which is not great. You know, come on. Um, Frank Hayes cared for this horse called Sweet Kiss and who was not very well thought of by her owners. And on June 4th, 1923, he was given his wish when uh, they allowed him and Sweet Kiss lined up for a two mile, 12 jump steeplechase at Belmont Park. Frank Hayes, baby. Um, horse jockey. In the beginning of the 19... Ah, shit. 1900s. God, I still can't figure it out. 18th century. Or is it 20th? No, it's 20th century. No, no, no. 
19 is 20. Okay, 19th century. Woo, look at that. I'm learning. Look at that. Uh, so I'm going to give you a little, little rundown on horse racing because I didn't know shit about it. The only thing that I really knew was uh, you have to dress like a dickhead and you're tiny. And you, uh, there are, there's horses too, you know. <laughs> That's all I really knew. They go around a course. Uh, you're dressed with a like a goofy helmet with like a poof ball on top of the head. And even like the people at Kentucky Derby are dressed like idiots with straw hats, flat brim straw hats, you know, uh, umbrellas, lace gloves. Do they still do that? I'm not sure. I just, <laughs> that's, <laughs> what do they dress like? Okay. <laughs> <clears throat> Uh, horse racing, steeplechasing history. Uh, this is, there's different type of horse racing, but, uh, horse racing dates back to antiquity. Everyone's been getting on a big old horse and running around. <laughs> uh, so steeplechasing, uh, is a horse race in which competitors are required to jump diverse fences, which obstacles and generally diverse fences, ditch obstacles, and generally traverse the many intervening obstacles in the countryside. Diverse fences. So it's, you know, shout out to, shout out to this uh, steeplechasing, you know, they're just really, really woke as shit. Sometimes you got to jump a Mexican fence and say gracias when you go over and then you're hit by a fucking uh, baguette fence. Aujourd'hui. <laughs> um, so this was prim primarily conducted in Ireland, the UK, Canada, United States, Australia, and France. So again, a bunch of fucking goofy ass white people. Here we go. Steeplechasing originated in Ireland in the 18th century as an analog. Analog. Fuck. As an analog as an analog to cross-country thoroughbred horse racing, which went from church steeple to church steeple, hence the steeplechase. So, the first steeplechase is said to have been uh, the re result of a wager in 1752 between Corn Cornelius O'Callaghan and Edmund Blake, racing four miles cross-country from St. John's Church in Budavent to St. Mary's Church, Church of Ireland, in Donnerail in Cork, Ireland. Steeplechase. So they were like, yo, I'll beat you to that other church before you... Last one there goes to hell! <laughs> but this is sick because uh, it, it's, it's kind of cool that it just started from a fucking a bet. And now there's this giant industry based around silly men on goofy horses running around. Uh... And I mean, honestly, that seems more, more like the steeplechasing, like, cause you're just racing around the countryside, like sick. Like it's like real life instead of going like NASCAR, just going around in a fucking circle, even though they did, uh, steeplechasing eventually it's like in a ring, not a ring, a track and they got to jump over a thing. You see it. Um, I do. <laughs> I, I feel like they, they need to add more things in there though. Cause like the ho horses have to like, you know, jump fences. 
uh, run over a, a water ditch, you know, normal things that are found in the countryside. Like they should have definitely add added witches to the track. <laughs> just like just one witch around turn three where she's like, ah, <laughs> I put a hex on you. Cause I mean, that's the time when people were burning witches, right? The 1700s. When was the Salem witch trial? I should have looked into that before making that joke. Uh, <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, but I mean, not like, you know, they, they could go two ways with the witches. Like they could go like, you know, black cat, uh, pointy, uh, nose and hat right on a broomstick, witch, or they could just go single lady who, uh, is giving you some ointment for your eczema in the woods. Cause that's what witches were basically. <laughs> <laughs> Can I give you some mushroom tea? Let's go. Uh, <laughs> so I don't know. Maybe I'll start a petition to get witches added into modern day steeplechase uh, competitions. Bet on that. Who wins? Sparky the horse or Sandra the witch? <laughs> um, so nowadays, uh, the most famous steeplechase in the world is a grand national run annually at Aintree race course in Liverpool since its inception in 1836 in 1836 um in 2004 it offered a prize fund of one million pounds I think that's what that weird owl thing is look is yeah, one million pounds that's a lot to get on a horsey and well, I mean, I hope like I just have to stay on. I got to stay on and make sure my horse doesn't fuck up. Okay. <laughs> and I know that like horse racing dates back to antiquity, but there's got to be like before horses were domesticated, you know, before people even knew what a horse was, there had to been like some sort of. There must have been that first dude who was like hanging out with his buddies and sneaking up on a horse and then just jumped on his back, maybe to like eat it, but then he just ended up riding like 30 miles. Like, oh. <laughs> just never to be seen again. <laughs> like, what is really the origin of people getting on another animal and riding it, you know? Um, so while horses are sometimes raised purely for sport, a major part of horse racing's interest and economic importance is in the gambling associated with it, which, I mean, it stays true to its fucking roots. Like the first steeplechase was based on a fucking bet. I bet you, you'll go to hell because I'll get to St. Mary's first. <laughs> uh, that like the gambling so huge. So uh, I, uh, it was noted in, in 2008, it generated a worldwide market worth of 115 billion. That's a lot of money. That's a lot of people dressed in straw hats yelling about horsies. <clears throat> um, steeplechasing also exists for humans. And early adopters dressed like and had to make horse noises. Who wrote this? 
That one's not true. I just, you know, just thrown in, just fucking thrown in one just to see if like you're paying attention. That would be sick though. But, you know, steeplechasing is just basically. Okay, come on. When they first invented steeplechasing for humans, it was definitely like dudes who were like, I want to be a horse. It was all the horse girls neighing and prancing around, jumping over those things. Steeplechasing. <laughs> All right, back to the back to Hayes and the 1920s. Two years prior to 1920, 1918 fluenza, the Spanish flu. Woo! Isn't this wild? Hundred years ago, we're in the same fucking position. Which, how are y'all doing? Are you doing good? I hate to say it, but I've had a pretty good go at it. Um. I hope, I mean, yeah, it's been wild. It's definitely been strange. I hope y'all are doing well. I'm in Detroit and we're still locked the fuck down, which I don't mind. I got food. I got drink. I got this podcast and my wife, you know. <laughs> uh, so I don't, this is wild because, you know, in 1918, a, a flu similar to this one, uh, it, it's estimated that a third of the world's population was infected and it estimated 50 million worldwide deaths, which I have no idea what we're at now for uh, coronavirus, coronies. Um, but I will say, I wish I was drinking a Corona right now. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> so I don't know, like this shit is wild. And if you look at, at pictures, it's like everyone has a fucking mask on. There's that one where a dude has like, it's like a family photo and everyone has a mask on and one guy's holding a cat and it's got a little mask on. It's tight. <laughs> that thing must have been tied so fucking tight on that cat's head. <laughs> Unless, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, and I, and I bring this up because, you know, the main thing I want to do is live shows, live shows of this and return back to stand-up comedy. And I'm just hoping that we get the 21st century of the roaring 20s. That would be sick. So 1918, the influenza, influenza, influenza hit. By 1920, the 19th Amendment was erected. Ah, God damn it. The 19th Amendment was, what fucking verb goes there? Approved? Voted? The, the 19th Amendment was um, passed there. Women could finally vote and you should take away my fucking voting right for how dumb I am. Jesus. <laughs> 19th Amendment was passed. Women could vote as of 1920 for the first time. This is the first time in U.S. history where more people lived in cities than farms. Woo! Uh, one of the most familiar symbols of the Roaring Twenties is most likely the flapper. You know what I'm talking about because everybody is having these fucking parties. You know, everyone's got like beads on their heads. Or, I mean, the girls. 
The girls have like beads on their heads. Everything has tassels on it. And which I'm fucking down for because like booty dancing was not invented in, you know, 1920. And now to see somebody butt dance in 2020 with the return of the roaring 20s. Woo. This is going to be sick. (laughs) So the flapper was a young woman with bobbed hair, short skirts who drank, um, smoked and said what might be termed unladylike things. Mostly racial slur. No, just kidding. Uh, in addition to being more sexually free than previous generations. However, it's noted that most of these women mostly just dressed the part and weren't as wild as they said they were. Who wrote this? I mean, I took the quote, but is CNN the best of, uh, what is real? Uh, uh, so a whole lot of posers, anybody wearing a, a frilly thing, uh, you know, probably way till marriage still, and but only did butt before. <laughs> oh man, I don't know how many of y'all grew up religious, but uh, I got a friend who lost his virginity to uh, his girl's butt, and it was just straight up butt because they were, you know, sticking true and being clean in the eyes of the Lord. <laughs> <clears throat> anyways uh i didn't know where to throw this in but by the way uh horses can't see the color orange they see it as green i don't know there was nowhere there's no good place to put it so i decided to put it at the end of doing butt <laughs> uh so along with uh you know, more sexually free women, the flappers, uh, the increased availability of birth control devices, such as the diaphragm, made it possible for women to have fewer children. So maybe people were banging. I have no idea what a diaphragm is. I, like, I know, um, <coughs> like on a motor, a diaphragm pumps, convert, a diaphragm pump converts the mechanical energy of a motor into the dynamic pressure of the pumped fluid. So, I don't know. I, I got to apply that to a, a lady's diaphragm. I always thought a diaphragm was like a... <laughs> like something you put into a cave to make it bigger. <laughs> um... So I don't know. Okay. Uh, A diaphragm pump converts the mechanical energy of a motor into dynamic pressure of the pumped fluid. Okay. So let's, let's just, these are what were installed in women to have fewer children. So basically what would happen is uh, it would uh, take in the mechanical energy of a man humping uh, and turn it into dynamic pressure and okay pump the fluid out just shoot it just re (laughs) it's reverse cum shot okay reverse cum shot that is what a diaphragm is in the or 1900s (laughs) i i gotta give you some misinformation come on 
During the 1920s, many Americans had extra money to spend for the first time, and they spent it on consumer goods. They bought ready-to-wear clothes, which I, that is an awesome phrase, ready-to-wear clothes. I've never bought a clothes that are unready. That's just bedsheet. That's just Roman clothes. Uh, the Model T came along, refrigerators were tight. Uh, 1920 brought first commercial radio out of Philly. Rest in peach, hit spot. I don't mean to do you dirty, but Philly did invent that. By 1923, 500 stations existed across the nation. Three-quarter of Americans visited movie theaters weekly by the end of the decade. Jazz was invented, Prohibition, uh, Cultural Civil War, the rise of the KKK, anti-communist Red Scare. Holy shit, okay. A few bad ones in there, but... I don't know. It is pretty funny, like, the thing about the, like, what, the rise of the KKK, is that from John Coltrane, from him just blowing on his saxophone? Everyone's like, you're doing it too weird. You're doing it, well, I don't understand what's going on. This is not a 4-4, four, 4-chord four, four progression. Wild. All right, jockeys, which Frank Hayes was a jockey. Jockeys, a.k.a. I'm dressed like an idiot. Look at these jabronis. Like, all of these kids, oh my god, they could take a piss and have more money than me. <laughs> like, they definitely know a judge, never going to prison, and will probably get into codeine, you know? Rich guy drugs. Uh, <laughs> this might be obvious, but a jockey is someone who rides horses in horse racing or steeplechase racing, primarily as a profession. The word also applies to camel riders in camel racing, which I wonder if like the horse jockeys are like, I'm not no fucking camel jockey. I don't ride between the humps. <laughs> and this is where it gets wild. See this photo. I don't even know if these are kids or just jockeys because the weight of a jockey usually ranges from 108 to 118 pounds Despite their lightweight, they must be able to control a horse that is moving at 40 miles an hour and weighs 1,200 pounds. Horses do not have power steering. And jockeys typically stand around 4'10 up to 5'6. And you know everyone's adding a three-quarter inch onto whatever, however high, tall they are. <laughs> not, oh my God. 4'10", 5'6". Bomber, dude. Bomber. I mean... I don't know. I le Like, I'm fucking tall, and I don't know if this actually bothers people being short. I guess it does, you know. Napoleon. That's the, that's the, that's the one that everybody knows. The angry French guy. Who else was short? Wee Man. He was pretty cool. Easy is pretty tight with it. Hmm. <laughs> uh, so overall, this seems like a shit ass job being a jockey. Jockeys are normally self-employed, nominated by horse trainers to ride their horses in races for a fee. So you got to pay to play. And this fee is not only if you win, it's paid regardless of the prize money. The horse earns for a race. 
<laughs> that is a fucked up distinction. The horse got paid. <laughs> and you can have a little chunk of it. But this horse needs fancy hay. Colors worn by jockeys, a.k.a. fucking dork shirts, in races are registered colors of the owner or trainer who employs them. Damn, no wonder they look like fucking idiots. No fucking wonder. Like, just a, a lady having too much wine be like, hey, let's make this idiot wear pink with a a three-leaf clover. Not even a four. Not even a four-leaf clover. An unlucky one. A three-leaf clover. <laughs> the practice of riders wearing colors probably stems from medieval times when jousts were held between knights. Which I had imagined these are the toughest motherfuckers just eating turkey legs, drinking swill, stabbing each other with pointy things, and now everyone's four foot. 10, 108 pounds, trying to stay on this horsey. <laughs> Fuck, man. This has come a long way. This is kind of like, like a wolf turning into a lap dog. <laughs> Jockeys. <laughs> the medieval lap dogs. <laughs> All right, back to Frank Hayes. Here we go. Frank Hayes. June 4th, 1923. <clears throat> so this is a quote from uh, the Brooklyn Daily Edge. The Grim Reaper paid a sen sensational visit to the Belmont Park track yesterday, wrote the Brooklyn Daily Edge. But there's no way they spoke like that, you know? It's definitely like, ah, the Grim Reaper paid a sensational visit to the Belmont Park track yesterday. <laughs> Wait, is that how people talk back then? Or is that just radio voice? Oh, I stuck it up your butt and then we had sex, but uh, the diaphragm was inserted and it double cum shotted me. Huh? <laughs> so the Reaper's hanging out. Hanging out. Uh, with 20 to 1 odds... Frank Hayes had a surprise victory over the horse named Gimme, which is wild that they didn't even name the dude riding it. Just a dipshit horse named Gimme. Uh, <laughs> so this dude fucking won. And ooh, I think, did I pull the rug out from under you? You thought, you thought he was gonna get trampled. Is that funny? That is not funny. I, I legit watched one video of horse jockey falls and it is a lot of face sliding on grass for the jockeys and the horses. That's the only funny part, but it is fucked up. Just like these little men being thrown about, giant horses landing on them and then getting trampled. Like, fuck. This dude won. This is his first race as a 35-year-old, which is not popular uh, or not normal, and then with a horse who was looked down upon by their employer. Unfortunately, uh, Frank Hayes suffered a heart attack mid-race. <laughs> <gasps> 
dude. <laughs> Mid race. That is fucking wild. <laughs> wow. The, <laughs> the spectators in attendance who noticed the slumped over jockey on the thoroughbred's back thought the young rider, which is weird that they say young shit. I mean, maybe they meant like young and experienced because this, is, this was his first uh, race. Spectators in, att in attendance who noticed a slumped jockey on the thoroughbred's back thought the young rider was merely showboating, riding the horse one-handed, relaxed as a dog sleeping in front of a fireplace. Nah, dude. He died. <laughs> Here's another quote from New York's Daily News. The exertion and excitement proved too great. Uh, Hayes was a well-liked favorite in the silent room and stable and took a very great pride in his calling. <laughs> that's, that's a really really speak. <laughs> uh, an another quote the Buffalo Morning Express wrote, uh, hey. <laughs> that's gotta be, a. am sorry, that one's probably really obnoxious. Everyone can fucking do that. Next time somebody answers or somebody calls you, answer like that. Hello, who is it? There's a Bardangus. <laughs> Uh, he was confronted with a task. Uh, oh, this is from Buffalo Morning Express wrote. He was confronted with the task of taking off nearly 10 pounds in 24 hours. What? The morning he spent several hours on the road jogging off surplus weight. He strove and sweated and denied himself water when he climbed in the saddle at post time. And he was weak and tired. Holy shit. So Hayes' death was not discovered until Miss Fraley the horse owner slash boss and race officials came to congratulate him shortly after the race. <laughs> While some said it may have been from the excitement of the race, other reports pointed to heart failure as a result of having to reduce to 130 pounds and he is the only man to win a race despite being dead Woo! <laughs> frank hayes baby hell yeah that's so sick the only dude to win something while being dead <laughs> after the discovery of hayes death all further post-race formalities were waived by the jockey club, the result being declared official without the customary weighing in. Thank God. That is so nice that they did not, like they didn't make him get on a, they didn't put him on a scale. But yeah, his head's on the ground right now. Can you uh, lift that? <laughs> or I always picture, you know, they put like a, like there's always a podium and so i imagine that you know them weekend at bernie's in them like number two and three while they spray champagne all over him and put like a wreath around his neck dude <laughs> oh man like this whew. sweet kiss frank's horse never rode again and was nicknamed sweet kiss of death Fuck yeah, dude. What a, I would love to hang out with this horse.
I would buy this horse a drink. Nobody rode for the miss again due to the superstition. Um, and Hank, or excuse me, Hayes was buried in his racing silks three days later. <laughs> I mean, honestly, <clears throat> not a bad way to go out. Like, if this is your fucking thing, if this is, and you do it for the first time, and f I guess you didn't get to really see yourself win shit. And you didn't have to party. You didn't get the party after. You didn't get the, well, fuck. I mean, right on, dude. But Frank Hayes, the only undefeated jockey. <laughs> I'm honestly kind of surprised that they didn't start horse racing with other dead people. Like Frank won, like, come on. Peepaw died like a, a couple months ago. We could dig him up and throw him on there. I think he weighs about a hundred pounds. <laughs> so, I, I don't know. I, I, and I started to look into risks of jockeys and wow. Like I said before, a whole lot of face sliding. Uh, so jockeys may incur permanent debilitating and even life-threatening injuries. Chief among them include concussion, bone fractures, arthritis, trampling, and paralysis. Not a great retirement plan. Dude, fuck, man. Between 93 and 96, 6,545 injuries occurred during official races, which... Are there even that many races in six years? So that's like a thousand and some. That's a lot of people getting hurt. From 2002 to 2006, five deaths and 861 serious injuries were recorded. Eating disorders such as anorexia, anorexia, anorexia are also very common among jockeys as they face extreme pressure to maintain unusually low and specific weights for men, sometimes within a five pound margin. I mean, yeah. You gotta... Holy shit. I was gonna say, like, these guys probably, like, are heavy boozers. And I wouldn't blame you, but... You can't drink booze. I put some fat in your ass, dude. I don't know. What do... Yeah. That story, Seabiscuit, an American legend, chronicled the eating disorders of jockeys living in the first half of the 20th century. And I totally thought that movie was going to be like an inspiring, you know, a fella who was given a chance for the first time. Not about eating disorders. Damn. If I ever need to lose weight, which I won't. I mean, I don't. I'm just going to go on the sea biscuit diet. <laughs> Give me a pony. Put a goofy hat on me. Helmet hat and shirt. Let's ride. The pressure to stay light has been blamed in part for jockeys suffering agonies of thirst from dehydration while racing. Jesus Christ. I mean, I guess that would kind of make you go a little bit faster because it's like, fuck, give me some water. Fuck champagne, water. The effects of rapid weight loss to make weight in professional and apprentice jockeys and found... What the fuck? The effect of rapid weight loss... And to make weight in professional... Yeah, okay. 
Uh, they found significant le levels of dehydration. However, cognitive functions were maintained, suggesting jockeys had become accustomed to performing in a dehydrated state and had potentially developed a preventative mechanism to enable them to perform under these conditions. So these guys just did the Jesus way, you know, like the, the 40 days and 40 nights. I'm a jockey, not a savior. I can go without food and drink for 40 days and 40 nights. Pray to me. Now, look at my goofy helmet with a poop ball on top. A what? See, I tried to... A coof ball? A coof ball. Poof ball. <laughs> so not only do jockeys force uh, fucked up shit. <laughs> and this is why you listen to your last dumb podcast. Because I can't... Your last dumb breath, the podcast. I can't even fucking get that right. How tight would it be to watch the History Channel and be like, yeah, and that's why uh, they uh, fucked up and got shit on and pooped. Uh. <laughs> so with the horses also getting fucked up, uh, one in five horses die out of every 1,000 starts in the U.S. Uh the U.S. Jockey Club in New York estimates that about 600 horses die at racetracks or died at racetracks in 2006. That's a lot of fucking horse meat. <laughs> That's like a, a gift as you, as you leave the stadium. A horse steak. I'd take it. I'll try a horse. Fuck it. Whatever. Another estimates that are a thousand deaths annual in the U.S. of horses. Uh, the Jockey Club in Hong Kong reported a far lower figure of 0.58 horses per per a thousand starts. So every time there's a you know a start a race, uh, half a horse dies. Whether it's the ass or head, who knows? I hate myself that I made that joke. Uh, there is speculation that drugs used in horse racing in the United States, which are banned elsewhere, and are responsible for the higher death rate in the U.S. Never even thought about horses being juiced up. Like I spent my last $7,000 on horse uh, testosterone pills. What the fuck, dude? We just got a bunch of Mark McGrath and Sammy Sosa horses running around, prancing around, just trying to beat each other. You know, Sammy Sosa is like white now, right? <laughs> the black Dominican white Sammy Sosa. It legit looks like he did something to his skin. I don't know what, but it kind of looks like he dropped out of a plane and fell into a reserve of flour. So. <laughs> uh, when I started to look into this after, you know, reading the first little bit about a sweet kiss of death. And uh, Miss Frailing, uh, since nobody used them again or would ride for them, you know, and it seemed like they were like a very superstitious group of people. And I don't know, it kind of bummed me out because there wasn't that many, uh, I don't know, superstitions that I found that seemed to like be actually kind of true um but i don't know maybe i just thought they were superstitious because they dress goofy and they all are kind of small like trolls who knows 
Uh, but here's a few that I found, which who knows? I don't know. Tell this to your cousin at uh, Thanksgiving. Just just wait for a dead silence. And they'd be like, ah, yeah. let me tell you about horses. <laughs> uh, to horsemen, uh, one of those irrational fears would include trimming a horse's tail on a race day in fear of the horse losing by just a hair. See, this is why, like, I'm not giving much uh, credence, credence to these. Clearwater, Clearwater. This is why I'm not getting. This is why I'm not like paying much attention to these. Who races their horse backwards? But honestly, I would love to see that because you can't. The horse's tail. You can't whip it in. Fr okay, that one can't be true either. Ironically. Being wished good luck before a race might inherently bestow bad luck upon the receiver of the sentiment, which is pretty funny because it's like if you don't really know shit about horses, you're definitely going to say, oh, good luck. And then there's just like, oh, motherfuck, I gotta lose now. <laughs> you're fucking wish me luck. Hey. <laughs> um, then another strange belief is that taking a photo of a horse prior to a race will mysteriously jinx it from getting to the winner's circle. I mean, I don't, this just sounds like those people who are terrified of like, don't take my picture. It'll steal my soul, you know? But then they were like, horses don't have souls. They're just big old long headed, weird things that I ride. Um, And then the last uh, superstition I, I wrote or read was uh, not paying a bridge toll. Their fee is ultra bad. <laughs> you see how I even like fucked myself on that one? Because I said another one that I wrote, I mean, found <laughs> not paying a bridge troll. Their fee is ultra bad luck because those are their people. <laughs> I'm such a fucking asshole. Ah, so Frank Hayes, dude, I don't know that that one. That's pretty wild. It's sick, but then it's also like, how much of what a jockey does actually affects what you're doing. And it would be funny, <laughs> not. <laughs> I'm just thinking about this uh, taking place in other sports, like <laughs> I don't know, like Shaq fucking dunking at the buzzer and just being dead midway through the dunk, still shattering the uh, the glass as a dead guy. <laughs> oh man so I guess that's that I'm uh, happy to bestow some more horse knowledge because I don't know why but I just think the horses are hilarious uh, thank you all for listening um, I'm going to have a, a Patreon episode out this motherfucking Friday uh, a couple days from now um if you are interested in the Patreon, you can find it at uh, patreon.com slash Bart Dangus. 
two bucks is a lower lowest tier to get in there extra episode all the video content plus more once i get cooking um yeah i, I mean mostly dude just keep on listening hit me with a review that'd be sick uh tell a friend if you enjoy this and i i mean i got it on my side like this would be like you can't just be like hanging out and being like hey you know one time a guy on a horse uh he died and won a race <laughs> and i was like what the fuck the fuck did you say <laughs> so your intro could be like yo on this on one of this podcast that i listened to with a real cool guy who's uh really smart i learned about that you know tell a friend tell a buddy uh yeah if you guys got any uh suggestions i'm open uh dude i still don't know what the patreon one is gonna be on so tomorrow's gonna be crunch time for me research write and produce and release a new podcast uh thank y'all for listening uh my name is bart dangus see you later Woo.